At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Philadelphia CityCast with Ryan Rothstein, presented by Bet Rivers. Let's go! It's game day, baby, and welcome back. Philadelphia CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein, recording this early Wednesday morning. We have 76ers Raptors Game 3 as the, sh- as the series, I said series, as the series now shifts to Toronto for Game 3. And it's interesting how they scheduled this because... Obviously, just Monday night, we were playing game two in Philadelphia. And typically, correct me if I'm wrong out there, but typically they give you that extra day off um, when traveling after you play the first two in one city. But nonetheless, I'm not mad about it. Hopefully the 76ers with the quick turnaround doesn't impact them. We know there will be some sort of impact, we presume at least, with Matisse Thibel now being out with the series going to Toronto for tonight and for game four on Saturday afternoon. So we'll talk about that impact uh, and hopefully the Sixers can, can overcome it. It's just been, I don't want to say smooth sailing because these games have been physical. They've been exciting, Uh, but game two Sixers took care of business and they got a little bit more comfortable of a lead in that first half. They found themselves up by 10 or 12 points uh, late in the second quarter, and uh, you know the rest was history. They were able to come away with a W. They shot absolutely, you know, basically lights out again. They shot fifty percent in game one. We all know that was the Tyrese Maxi game, thirty-eight points. Maxi follows uh, the game one performance up with twenty-three points in game two, and they didn't shoot fifty percent from three. But damn, they were they were pretty close. They shot fourteen of thirty 
from three-point land, the 76ers did. And that's that's going to be the recipe for success. I mean, clearly, Nick Nurse's game plan going into this series, and rightfully so, was let's just throw all of our bodies at Joel Embiid, let's sag into the paint, and let's make them shoot the lights out and beat us from beyond the arc because they haven't been doing that well all season long. Well, first two games, you would think the Sixers were one of the top three-point shooting teams in the NBA. If that was the first time you were watching them play, they've just been unbelievable. Maxi has been unbelievable. Tobias Harris has really stepped up, and he's been borderline unbelievable. Um, so what do you do if you're Nick Nurse in Toronto? That's the question. What type of adjustment, what type of uh, you know back pocket adjustment will head coach Nick Nurse have as this series now series now shifts to Canada up in Toronto? And we're going to start this episode off just like we always do with our bets from broad. And of course, we're going to start with the 76ers. And right now, at the time of recording at Bet River Sportsbook, your 76ers are just a two point favorite on the road. Priced at minus 112 for the 76ers, laying two. Raptors plus two, priced at minus 110. Money line, 76ers, not a bad price. If you don't want to worry about the two points, minus 127 for the 76ers on the money line, plus 107 for Toronto. The total is set at 216.5, both the under and the over priced at minus 110. We will, of course, get into all of the player props, just like we always do. Uh, we weren't able to get a preview episode out for game two, uh, but we will be doing full previews now for each and every 76ers playoff game the rest of the way here. So uh, we'll get into all the player props and the full player prop menu coming up a little bit later in this episode. Let's get to the series market prices, though, just for the 76ers for a moment, and we will update uh, we will update you on the betting odds for all of the NBA playoff series towards the end of the episode. But 76ers now, just to win the series, priced all the way at minus 1430. Certainly not uh, a number that you want to bet at this point. Toronto plus 780 to win this series now in an 0-2 hole. The correct series uh, prices are still posted. And some of these are interesting. I think there could be some value on these. So for the 76ers to win this series four games to one, to win it in five, priced at plus 175. For the 76ers to win it in six, priced at five to one. For the 76ers to sweep, priced at plus 200. And for the 76ers to win in seven, priced at six to one. For Toronto, obviously now they can only win in six or seven. For Toronto to win in seven, 11 to one. And for Toronto to win in six, 25 to one. Interesting. I'll, I'm going to hold off on my thoughts on possibly a best play. And I'm just going to uh, lump that in with all of my best bets and plays coming up in just a few minutes in the middle of this episode. But I just wanted to outline all of the updated odds for you there in the futures market for the 76ers 12 to 1 to win the title that hasn't moved at bet rivers really at all for the 76ers to come out of the eastern conference some slight movement we saw it up to 7 to 1 it's now at plus 550 uh, so those are your updates and for what it's worth they do have the nba finals mvp prices out and post it joel Embiid 14 to 1 to win nba finals mvp 
All right, the Phillies, tough loss on Tuesday night, by the way, 6-5, just brutal. Absolutely brutal, but they're back in action in Colorado Wednesday for a mid-afternoon start, 3-10 Eastern time. First pitch is scheduled to be thrown out in Colorado. The Phillies, this is essentially a pick The Phillies are minus 113 to win the game. The Rockies are minus 104. You look at the run line, Phillies minus one and a half. Priced at plus 133. Rockies plus one and a half, priced at minus 159. The total set at 11. The over priced at minus 107. The under priced at minus 112. My dad had uh, under 10 and a half for the game and he was sweating it out. And then the Phillies tacked on that run when it was 6 4. And uh, that was certainly a bad beat for him. So uh, a, a higher number. With it being set at 11, I'll give you my best bets and uh, preview for this one coming up as well a little bit later in the episode. Flyers are back in action Thursday. feels like this season for the Flyers is just so long, and uh, rightfully so with just how they've been playing. It just seems like it's never going to end. But Flyers... It's not the odds aren't fully posted at Bet Rivers, but Flyers to win. They're the slight dog in Montreal Thursday at 7 p.m. Flyers plus 112. The Canadiens minus 136 on the money line. There, we'll update you on the next episode once all the uh, the full uh, wagering menu, I should say, for that matchup once that's available. So we have a busy episode for you here uh, as we preview. Game three, we're going to dissect the entire player prop and wagering menu for 76ers Raptors. We're going to look at uh, the rest of the NBA and just do a quick update on NBA series market updated prices. Uh, some of my biggest takeaways throughout the NBA outside of the 76ers Raptors series. We'll work in some Phillies talk as well. We'll look at the futures market for the Phillies. Uh, I didn't give you the full updates for them in the futures market, but there's not a ton of movement this time of year uh, as it relates to like World Series winner, NL winner, even division winners. There's there's little to no movement, but I will give you the update once we transition to the baseball slash Phillies talk coming up in just a little bit in this episode. But let's start with the 76ers, baby. And I'll give you my thoughts here. I'll give you some of the key matchups and I'll also give you my best bet. So let's get into it. All right, so let's dive into this game three matchup. And actually, before we do that, let's just look at the schedule for this series. Uh, Obviously, Wednesday night, April 20th, game three, 8 p.m. Then they have that extra day off in this series. Game four is Saturday at 2 p.m., mid-afternoon start for that. Then we have Game five, if necessary, Monday, April 25th, time to be determined. Game six, if necessary, April 28th, Thursday, uh, to be determined on time. And then game seven, if necessary, April 30th, Saturday, to be determined on time. No team in NBA history has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit in a seven-game playoff series. And only 13 teams in NBA history have come back from a 3-1 deficit, and most notably here locally, last year, Atlanta came back down 3-1 in the Eastern Conference semifinals, and we all know Doc uh, Doc Rivers and his history doing it well, a little bit too frequently in his history. I think he's 
three of those 13 teams on the wrong end of a 3-1 deficit. So uh, let's not even speak that into existence. So this matchup tonight, game three, this is everything. Right, like, listen, I am. I don't want to say I'm surprised that the 76ers took care of business and won the first two, but if you want to go back and listen to my episodes previewing this series, I said it frequently. I said it more than once. The 76ers need to win the first two games at home. They cannot go back to Toronto with a split. I thought it was urgent. And I will say, I didn't think the 76ers would look this good. Like, right now, it looks like this is going to be a short series. Like right now, based off the first two games in Philadelphia, it looks like this could be a five-game series. right? I think we could all admit that, but that doesn't mean that's how it's going to go. Matisse Thibel not playing is a huge factor, and I'll get to that. And the fact that this is just in Toronto and the Raptors know how important this game three is. This is essentially as close to a do-or-die as they're going to get. They know if they go down 3-0, winning four straight against the 76ers team just can't happen. It doesn't matter who the opponent is, quite frankly. As I mentioned, no team has ever won four straight games down 0-3 in a best-of-seven playoff series. So the 76ers are going to get the Raptors' best knockout punch. Will they get KO'd or will they be able to withstand it and respond and get a win in a hostile environment without Matisse Thibel, right? That's that's the question. And can the 76ers continue shooting how they've been shooting at home? Here's how I'm looking at it. And it's basically everything I already said, right? Like the series shifts, Toronto is not Philadelphia. Captain obvious statement, for those of you that didn't know, Toronto is not Philly, okay? Two different locations, two different countries. It's a hostile environment. Toronto, the 76ers, in recent history, they have not loved taking their trips up to Toronto. It's been a tough place to play for them. It's a tough place for anyone to play. And now this Raptors team has their backs against the wall. They are well coached. And the Sixers are going to be shorthanded, missing a key player in their rotation. That is one Matisse Thibel. And you know, the, the biggest difference, the takeaway here in the first two games for me, it's an obvious one, right? It, it's the shooting from beyond, the, uh, from beyond the arc and just how well the Philadelphia 76ers have been able to, to shoot it effectively, efficiently. All right, 50% in game one, just under 50% in game two. Role players and, you know, the other players that aren't the main stars – traditionally in the NBA playoffs, always shoot better at home. So I expect them to come down to earth a little bit in games three and four. And this is where you call upon your stars, right? This is where you call upon Joel Embiid. This is where you call upon James Harden. And, and shoot, I hope they can call upon others. Like I, I hope Tyrese Maxey gives them a 25 to 30 point night, but is it fair for us to rely on that right now with, with the young kid? I don't know, right? Despite what we've seen in two straight games and two big games at home to start this series, as the series shifts now to the road, it's a different ball game. It's a different ball game. And now you have to just try and figure out how to, how to split, right? If you can come back home for game five, up 3-1, you're feeling really good about it. 
right? You're feeling really good about it. But tonight's the game that you can really, you have them on the ground, right? You have the Raptors on the ground. You have your foot on their throats a little bit. Are you going to stomp on it or are you going to let them get, get up to their knees, right? Because that's what a Toronto win would do. Right now they're, they're laying on their backs with Joel Embiid's foot and Tyrese Maxey's foot on their jugulars. And a win would, would apply a lot of pressure on Toronto. A loss, you're letting Toronto get up a little bit, just a little bit. You're still in control, but then the series just like that changes because now you're going into game four essentially not in a must win, but now you're now you're in a dogfight because now Toronto knows they're they're one win away from tying this thing up and turning it into a best of three. Just like that. Just like that. So this is an important game for one, ensuring you come out of this round and come out of this series alive. And two, you have an opportunity to make this a short series, which is huge and crucial if we want this team to finally get over the hump and get past the second round of the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs. This is a huge game. Game three is going to dictate everything in this series, whether the Sixers win or lose it and how they win or lose it. This is the most important pivotal game now of this series, and the Sixers are a two-point favorite on the road. If you look at Matisse Thibel, right, because that's that's going to be one of, if not the biggest topics of conversation leading up to this matchup in Game 3, and even after the fact, looking ahead to Game 4, we'll see how it goes for Game 3. But Danny Green has been getting the starts, which is something we all anticipated. But Matisse Thibel... Um, in game two, he only played 10 minutes. He had five points. He was one for two from three, two for three from the field. He had an assist, um, no rebounds. He really was, you know, he was borderline irrelevant as the starter saw majority of the minutes. Shake Milton had the most minutes off the bench with only 14 minutes. Thibel with 10, as I mentioned. Paul Reed had 11 minutes. Niang only had nine minutes. So maybe that was... Doc getting them ready a little bit for a shortened bench on the road. And it's also the playoffs. You're going to have a shortened bench and you're going to call upon your starters to simply play more minutes, right? That, that's just how it's going to go here um, as the series gets further. And as hopefully the 76ers get further into the postseason, you look at game one, minutes were a little bit different. And rightfully so, but Matisse Thibel played 20 minutes in game one. He only had three points, but 20 minutes is a big deal, right? 20 minutes in game one, 10 minutes in game two. He provided no offense in both of these games, which is nothing new. Shake Milton had 14 minutes once again in game one with 10 points. Niang had eight points in 16 minutes. So the bench shortened up in game two for Doc Rivers in a crucial, in a crucial game to avoid losing and splitting and going back Toronto going back to Toronto 1-1. So, what is the impact? I don't think it's going to be that that huge of an impact. And I said this even prior to the series because my biggest concern, which is what I talked about going into this series once again, I know I'm saying that a lot, but it was the shooting and it was this team offensively. And they answered that bell thus far in the first two games at home. The only way this becomes a factor is if one Danny Green or 
even a Tobias Harris, or quite frankly, anyone in the starting rotation gets in foul trouble. And Doc is forced to go to his bench a little bit more than he wants to because his hands are tied. That's the only way that this is really an impact. So you're going to expect Toronto to get a little bit more calls in their favor because they will be at home. The crowd will be behind them. That's just life in the NBA. Toronto is going to want to attack them early, get to the foul line, try and get any of the 76ers key players or any of their starters into some foul trouble early because they know their rotation now is a little bit shorter. All right, so let's get right into it with our uh, guest of honor here, Mike Gill, friend, former coach, former boss, former colleague. Uh, Mike got me my start in this industry, so he's the guy that you have to blame for putting up with me <laughs> at Mike Gill Show. Is it the Mike Gill Show or just Mike Gill Show, MJ? Just at Mike Gill Show, that's all. There we go. At Mike Gill Show, host on 97.3 ESPN South Jersey afternoon drive, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. The Sports Bash. She's also the program director for 97.3 ESPN, the voice of South Jersey covering all the Philadelphia sports and the Philadelphia sports scene. So he's going to help us dissect game three and what his thoughts uh, are thus far between the first two games of the Sixers Raptors. We'll look ahead to the rest of the series and uh, have some fun. MG, what's happening? It's great to be on your show. You're usually on mine, and now it's nice to be on yours where I don't have to ask the questions. Can I just tell you that uh, Kyle Gibson screwed my seven-pick single-game parlay last night? Everything else I hit, Kyle Gibson could not get six strikeouts, and that ruined it. Listen, man, that's the parlay law. So you hit six of seven again. And I'm like the guy who hits 13 out of 14, 11 out of yep. 12, 9 out of 10. Although, you know, some of these platforms give you like a free bet if you only get one wrong. So I have like a plethora of free bets built up. <laughs> there you go. So you can uh, figure out another way to fall just short. Now, hopefully. I, 13 out of 14 I hit on the Sixers the other night. And in game one. In game two, I hit nine out of ten. You know what I didn't get? What? A Matisse Thibel steal. Oh, I, I love I that. I, I love the Thibel steal play, although oh, we're not going to be able to use that. Every night, Thibel steal. You know, we had three blocks, one, no steals. <laughs> of course, because he knew. He knew I Mike Gill. under Thibel steals in game three. <laughs> That's a that's a pretty good bet. That should come through. I don't, I don't know. But uh, obviously, no Matisse Thibel. We talked about that in the first segment uh, as the series now shifts to Toronto. And MG, let's just let's just start with like your biggest takeaways before we get into some of the best bets and uh, updated odds and player props. And, you know, of course, against the spread, what the public's doing. But first, let's get Mike Gill's thoughts on how the first two games have played out. Well, you know, we talk a lot in uh, my show about the role of the NBA coach. A lot of people think Doc's a buffoon. Nick Nurse is one of the best. Well, so far, that hasn't played out. Doc is running circles around Nurse. Nurse looks like a petulant child. His role has been nullified <laughs> because, quite frankly, you know, I bring this up a lot. I think we over, you know, simplify sports sometimes or we, we, we just try to make them too tough. If you're going to shoot 50% from three, it doesn't matter – a lot of times what the game plan is. And I think Nick Nurse, his game plan for the first two games is, if you're going to hit 50% and 47 again, go for it. I expect tonight, they're not going to change much. They're going to see if they can hit 50% on the road, 47% on the road, 
they're trying to get the ball away from Embiid. It worked in game one, not as much in game two. But in game one, they hit 50% from three. Game two, they hit 47% from three. So I don't expect Nurse to change all that much. I will say this. I think the Sixers have looked like the more prepared team. And Doc Rivers gets criticized a lot because they don't practice during the course of the year. You know, we talk a lot on my show about, well, it's Tuesday night in February. Yeah, because they had no time to prepare for whatever team is coming into their building. So they don't do anything differently. If they didn't learn it in training camp, they're not changing what they're doing. They don't have any time to practice. So James Harden gets here. They have no practice time. They roll the ball out and say, James, just figure it out. Here's a couple plays. Well, they had a whole week to get ready for this series. And I think that has been on display that the Sixers seem to be more prepared than the Raptors, but hitting open looks now. I think Doc, what he's put in, has helped them get open looks. Nurse's defense is allowing them to get open looks. But I think this is a combination of the Sixers had time to practice, install, they look more prepared. And I don't think Toronto's going to change much in game three tonight. I think they're going to ask the Sixers, can you show us if you can make 50%, 47% of your threes for the third straight game? That's a tough ask. It is a tough ask. And let's just get right to that point then because, listen, typically in the NBA, whether we're talking about the 76ers or not, the other guys, right? And what I mean by that is any of the – other guys that aren't the stars, anyone on the 76ers that's really not named Joel Embiid or James Harden, but I think we're going to have to start including Maxi uh, in that grouping of stars here in the near future. But uh, the other guys don't shoot as well on the road as they typically do at home. Matisse Thibel now, as we've already touched on, will not be available in Toronto for tonight as well as game four. And we'll see if this series goes further for a possible game six. Uh, so, should we expect, if that's the best word I can use, or anticipate the 76ers to continue to shoot the ball, particularly from beyond the arc, as well as they already have been, Mike? Can't. Can't do it. Can't expect yeah. a third straight game of 45% or more. I mean, they shot 50 in game one, 47 in game two. Even if they're in the 40s, I would be surprised. I would imagine you're going to take a dip into the 30s at this point. And at that point, then you got to find other ways to figure out how to score. They're getting wide open looks and they're connecting on those wide open looks. Dybul being out, I think Doc has done a good job of kind of phasing him out of yeah. the rotation. They haven't really, you know, said, hey, we're going to lean on you while you're here. No, they're like, hey, we're going to play as if you're really not here. He's getting kind of those, you know, low garbage back end of the rotation minutes. Um, they shortened the bench. He's done a good job getting Reed in there in the series in 2019 when they took Joel out and Monroe came in. Disaster. It's been a disaster when they've gone to DeAndre Jordan this year in the minutes that he's got. Since Drummond left, it's been a disaster at that position. Doc had his little petulant breakdown, but you know what? <laughs> he played Paul Reed, and Reed was the only guy off the bench last night. He was a plus eight. The rest of the bench all in the minuses. So, when Embiid has left, the game has not fallen apart. And we talk so much about it's not just the Sixers who blow big leads. It's every team in the NBA because of the three-point shot. You know, you can get back into a game pretty quickly. But what happens with the Sixers is they have big leads. They sit in beat. They bring in the backup center. And then the team gets really comfortable taking the ball to the basket. And what does that do? It changes the momentum of the game because it gives them easy buckets. When I can slice and dice down the middle of the paint, I can get an easy layup. 
I can get fouled. And that changes the, men, the, the mojo of a game, and it makes an 18-point lead, a 12-point lead really fast. And you're like, well, Embiid went out, and then they just lost an 18-point lead. Yeah, because they had no fear of taking the ball to the basket. So are they going to hit a bunch of threes? Doubtful. But can they keep the game at bay because they have tightened the rotations a bit? Probably. So I definitely would imagine a ugly game tonight, an ugly shooting game, because the Raptors not a great shooting team, not a good in the half court. I'll, let me ask you this question. This yeah. came up on my show, you know, and I think you were on Friday last week and we did our predictions. I don't remember if you said six or seven games. What was your pick? I said sixers and seven. Okay, and I said sixers and six in, because I know one of us was one and one of the other. I couldn't remember. You know, and then, of course, a guy said, oh, you were wrong, the sixers and five. I said, if you told me at the beginning of the series that Barnes was going to be out, and Trent was going to be sick and basically a non-factor. That's 33 points a game that has been a non-factor in their lineup. Yeah, That changes the complexion of this game. Trent being back possibly tonight and maybe healthy, they need another shooter. They need another guy because Van Vliet needs someone to play off, and that kind of will change the complexity of this game for them offensively too. So that's something I'm watching for. Does Trent come back as a healthy contributor to the offense but losing Barnes for them I think has their big problem is they can't get a stop on defense they just have no size at all yeah and I thought you were going to say if you would have told me the Sixers would shoot 50 percent from three in game one and essentially repeat it in game two you know 48 percent they went 14 of 30 in game two so we yeah. can call it 50 there essentially and uh, I probably would have had a slightly different prediction so that's that's what we're all focusing in on, it seems like, for this game three. And the 76ers now on the road at Bet Rivers Sportsbook MG, just a two point favorite. The 76ers, a two point favorite. Uh, you look at the money line, 76ers just to win the game. And I, I love this price, minus 127. It's not too steep. You don't have to worry about the two point spread. Uh, plus 107 for the Raptors money line to win the game outright. The total, 216 and a half. Uh, and I'll get your thoughts on some of the player props in, in just a moment. I, I deemed this, to start the episode before we brought you in, I deemed this sort of a Captain Obvious statement, MG, but I deemed this the most important game of the series because the 76ers are standing over the Raptors with their foot on their jugular, and they have an opportunity to really apply that pressure, or they're going to get the Raptors up from the ground to their knee uh, by possibly losing this and cutting it to a 2-1 series lead. It's a massive swing game here. No team has ever come back from a 3-0 hole. A few teams have done it on dock down 3-1. Uh, what's your prediction looking like for this matchup tonight, both just outright and from the betting angle? I, I totally agree. Because if you said game where they win in seven and I said in six when the season series started, you thought the Sixers would win the first two games at home. So when you're making that prediction, it's with the thought of the Sixers are going to win two at home. Toronto probably gets the – this is the game right here. Because if Toronto yeah. wins this one, I think they win the next one too. And then it goes back to Philly. And that's how, you, in your mind, you get to a six- or seven-game series. Um, so tonight is the game. Now, Barnes being out really changes the complexion of the game for what they want to do defensively. Because what Nurse has typically done, I don't think he's done as much of is come up with these elaborate, you know – uh, sending guys. He has sent guys at Embiid. And the whole, hey, he's getting fouled. Well, Embiid's just bigger. He's just bigger, stronger. They have nobody there. I thought Barnes did a good job of being a pain on Harden. And then when, when he went out, they're doing a lot of rub stuff at the top of the key. They're using Maxi and Harden together. 
Um, they're using a lot of just switching to get the guy Van Vliet. They're going after Van Vliet a lot on defense. They're getting yeah. Van Vliet on Harden, and then Harden's kind of taking advantage, lulling him to sleep, waiting for weak side help to come his way. Harden has really controlled the pace. So I'm interested to see tonight if he stays patient, and I think he will. I don't think all of a sudden James Harden's deciding, you know what, I feel like scoring 35 tonight. I think he's pretty, you know, pretty content being this 15, 10, you know, assist guy. So um, I definitely think tonight is the game that that makes this series. If the Sixers win tonight, I, I would imagine they either sweep um, and close it out. But if they lose tonight, I think you're looking at a deep series coming back to Philly and then going back to Toronto and getting a lot of getting hair again. We all feel confident after what we've seen through two, but that changes in the NBA really fast. The Suns felt really confident after one game. And then last night, all of a sudden, it looked like the Pelicans came to play. And you're like, well, this series is interesting. Now, I think that probably ends in five. But these series can change so fast yeah. with one game. And that's why tonight's game is imperative for the Sixers. I like what you said. They have the foot right there, but do they squash them or do they let them get back in? And then we put that area of doubt back in our heads. Yep, absolutely. This is this is huge. And something that I alluded to earlier in our conversation, Mike, about the role players typically don't shoot the ball as well on the road. This is where you call upon Joel Embiid and James Harden, right? Like everything you said with James Harden is spot on, but when the shooting is not how it how it has been in the first two games. Is there more pressure on Harden? Are we going to see his game and mindset change? Is he going to start forcing shots? Is Joel Embiid going to be uh, just getting fouled? And the calls are going to start to shift in Toronto's favor. That's just life in the NBA on the road, right? Like you can see the snowball effect possibly uh, in in route to a Toronto win in a crucial game three. Uh, so real quick, what's your official prediction for the spread here? Do you like the 76ers minus two? Like, I'll start. Um, I'm staying away from this game against the spread just because there's just a lot of unknowns as the game shifts to Toronto. 76ers track record on the road in Toronto hasn't always been the best. Uh, I do like the under 216 and a half because I think it's going to be like an old school, ugly, heavyweight Eastern Conference playoff game uh, up in Canada. So I do like under 216 and a half. I'm staying away from the spread or money line. What about you? Yeah, I don't like the spread. I kind of like uh, Raptors outright tonight, to be honest with you. I don't think the Sixers can keep up that shooting. You're losing Thibel. Uh, that, you know, it hasn't been a factor so far, but on the road, you need to get a stop. I think Siakam plays better. He's been okay, not great. Van Vliet has seemed like, uh, I mean, he was a chucker the other night. I mean, he played well early. The Sixers did a good job of putting length on him, making it tough. But Trent not being there has put more pressure on Van Vliet. Uh, I think Harris has done a good job on him. I don't know that that can keep up. So I like Toronto tonight to shoot the ball better. Conversely, I think Philly doesn't shoot the ball as well. Sounds like the value at Bet River is, what would you say, plus 106. That's where the value is for me. Uh, so I think if I'm laying money down, I'm going Raptors money line for my money. Yeah, it's uh, certainly hard to argue that uh, for, for the reasons that you listed. Let's look at some of the player props before we let you go, MG. Uh, at Mike Gill Show, you can listen to him on 97.3 ESPN South Jersey, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Tyrese Maxey has obviously been the story. He certainly was the story in Game 1, 38 points. He followed it up with 23 in Game 2. Going into Game 1, his player prop point total, MG, was 16.5. You fast forward now. 
I'll bet Rivers decided to bump it up a couple points given his uh, his production through two games. It's now at 18 and a half. So we have Maxi, 18 and a half points. I'll throw two more names at you, two obvious ones. Harden, 20 and a half. Embiid, 32 and a half. If I have to you know, force you to pick one, what is the best uh, best option there for an over on a Sixer player prop point total? What, what was the Embiid? 32 and a half. Uh, if I'm going over on one of those, I think I'm going in bead, and here's why. Because I think, wow. you know, I, I have been lulled in, and look, I'm not ripping Maxi at all, but he has had nights where he's had 31, 33, 24, and you're like, okay, and then he banged down to 16. He seems like he comes in threes, so that would say, well, do it again. But this is the playoffs on the road, so I think his shooting goes down a little bit here. So I'll, st- I'll get away from the Maxi for tonight. Uh, Harden, I think, is content distributing, and if he distributes, here's one one little tweak I think the Raptors might try to make. The Sixers are doing a lot of pick and pop, pick and roll at the top, maxi screening, and then rolling to the wing because they're dropping and switching. I would be interested to see if they change that and bring somebody up to try to get maxi from taking the lane, and that opens up more in bead for either one-on-one or maybe double teams instead of triple teams. Instead of tripling Embiid, did they use the third guy to kind of cut Maxi's lane off, and that gives Embiid a lot more uh, room to roam in the paint here. So I'm going to go Embiid over 32 of those three right there, but probably not my favorite one. What's Harris tonight? Harris, uh, 15 and a half. Harris has been shooting it well, three for three the other night. He hit, what, four in game – or what do you get? Four, three or four in game one. And you I think might it was say, three for four in game one. Yeah. So um, you might say, well, is he out of gas? He's going to keep getting open looks. He, he and yeah. Danny Green, I think the prop for me would be more than two threes for both of those guys because I think they're going to get to jack up nine, eight, nine each. And I would think if you shoot up seven, eight, nine, you're going to hit two. So I like over two threes if you can get that. I don't know what that number is. Yeah, Tobias Harris, three-point field goals made, set at one and a half, over priced at minus 125, under priced at minus 103. So a decent price for the over on Harris threes. Yep, I like uh, – and, and and Danny Green, do you have that? Danny Green's also uh, also at one and a half. Uh, heavy, heavy juice towards the over because he's obviously capable of making two, minus 147 on the over, uh, minus 104 on the under. Don't love the yeah, don't love the value there, but I do like yeah. the numbers at one and a half. I think they'll get a chance to keep jacking them up. Um, so I would probably go with those two because everybody's going to go maxi. I think that number will probably change as we get closer to tip time. If you have to make a prediction on, and this will tie into just a couple more player prop thoughts here with Mike Gill. Uh, if you have to give a prediction on a Raptors player to go off for game three. Is it Siakam who averaged over 30 points a game in the regular season against the 76ers? I loved his point total for game one. I took the over there at 23 and a half that hit. Um, He's at 24 and a half. Do you like Van Vliet at 21 and a half or maybe one of the role players steps up in a pivotal game at home? I like Siakam actually. You mentioned that. The other game, uh, game two, the number I think was 23 and a half. He didn't hit that. So I think he goes over that in game two. We had a good uh, get better game one. He was okay in game two, but uh, definitely think at home he needs something. 
they have a little attitude about them as well. The coach has been kind of a pain in the ass. They've had a lot of stuff go wrong for them in Philadelphia. Philly can't keep up the hot shooting. And I think Siakam definitely, you know, he's a tough matchup for the Sixers. You, the fact that they have to put in beat on him so much, you know, and yeah. it hasn't been in early foul trouble. Does that happen on the road? So with that in mind, I do like Siakam over that number. All right, last uh, last topic here, Mike. I appreciate your time. They still have at Bet Rivers Sportsbook in PA. They still have the correct series outcome scores posted, and they're updating the odds, obviously game by game here, depending on the outcome. So, seventy uh, Sixers to win in five plus one seventy five. Sixers in six five to one. Sixers to sweep two to one. Sixers in seven. Six to one, and I'll throw out the Toronto. Obviously, they can only win in six or seven. Raptors in six, 25 to one. Raptors in seven, 11 to one. If you have to make a new prediction, maybe it hasn't changed, but how do you see this playing out? I, I like the value on Sixers in five. What was that number? Sixers in five plus 175. Yeah, that's that's good enough value to say, hey, I'm, I'm in on that, but. I feel like I'm, I was right in the beginning, Sixers and six. I know it's looked dominant, but the Sixers, I don't think, can keep this shooting up, man. 50% over a week span is rough to, to, to consider. Um, you almost want them to go cold a night or two. I mean, if you're going to carry into a Miami series, I don't want to go in blistering at 50%, and then, <laughs> you know, you're shooting ice cold when you get there. So it's got to balance out a little. So I'll give Toronto two, but I do like the value in five. Better value – for five, because it's probably more, more likely. Actually, the better value is with six, obviously, but the more likely is the five. Yeah. And seventy-five is a good price. Yeah, I'm I'm staying away from Sixers and six just because I'm scared to predict that for the fact of the 76ers closing this series out on the road. I they're certainly capable, but that's a tall task. Like I see this ending in five or seven. That's a good point. Like, can they get a win in Toronto, the Thibel thing? I don't know how much the Thibel thing plays right now. I think we'll find that out tonight. What do they do tonight yeah. differently, if anything? Um, do they shorten the bench? Who gets the Thibel minutes? Do they go to somebody else? Niang didn't play a lot of minutes in game two. Um, he's another interesting no guy. One did. I've been hitting on Niang a lot um, on one or more threes, or you can get him at low value points. Like, I think his over-under has been like four. You know, so if he hits a three and then gets fouled once or gets a bucket here and there, you can get some value with uh, Niang. But does he get more minutes? He's been a problem on defense. Does yeah. Reed get more minutes? Have We haven't seen a, a, an Embiid Reed together. Would they do something like that? Do they try Reed? The problem with Reed on Siakam is the fouls. He'll foul. He'll have three fouls in 30 seconds. Right. But right. I like his length and athleticism to try to run around with Siakam for three minutes. One thing I, I have to give Doc credit for, now that you bring up like defensive matchups with Philly, uh, Embiid's been sort of playing safety. Like he's been floating and they're sort of giving the Raptors and even Siakam at times, you know, open shots. Like, go ahead, take it if you want. And that's been helping the 76ers uh, with allowing Embiid to, to anchor their defense and be a true rim protector, which we didn't see a lot in the regular season. He just sort of followed you know, whoever he had to follow, but obviously it changes in the postseason. Definitely. That's a great point. Because, yeah, he'll be up at the perimeter defending Siakam. Siakam passes off, and Embiid is almost sprinting down into the painted area to cut the lane off. The one thing yeah. I will say about the Sixers is 
their defensive energy has been on another level from what they were the last month of the season, which was dog manure. They were terrible defensively, couldn't defend, uh, terrible on the perimeter, but their intensity's up, the pressure's up, the energy's up on defense. And again, this goes, the regular season is just sadly losing so much of its value in terms of what I can take and learn from you. Yeah. And I'm taking less and less and less from regular season. The only, like, it's it's really, I guess, identity or consistency. I don't even know that. Like, the Sixers had no identity. Now, all of a sudden, they're hitting threes. They have energy on defense. Those weren't parts of the 82-game slate. No. You know, so that's why I just can't take a lot from what I see in any, you know, the Sixers lose by 25 to Brooklyn. Oh, this is embarrassing. You should. Okay, what do I take from that? Like, right. people don't realize sometimes, you know, hey, Harden should have taken that game serious, and no, 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 he should have taken it. The game was over a month ago. Do you think they remember that at all? Like, no. No. <laughs> he, he's taking these games very seriously. He's active. He's, you know, talking in, in the back there, weak side help. Like, he's not – and he doesn't do that in the regular season. It's almost as if – they almost would prefer to lose the game by 25 so that that's the narrative leading into a game. It's lost by 25 to them the last time. Yeah, great. I don't even remember that game. You know, my wife was complaining that I didn't take the garbage out that day. My kid had two shoes on, two different shoes when I drove him to school. You know, the line to take pick the kids up at school was too long, and it, you know, made me almost late for for shoot-around. Like, those things are never put into – consideration to keep in mind you know you talk to people um that work in the league a lot you'll be surprised at how many times they'll tell you about like you know this guy's you know girlfriends yelling at him and they're humans his mother's not feeling well or his kid was sick this morning they had to call the nanny all that kind of stuff gets lost in the sauce but we're just trying to make a couple bucks off of it you know what i mean (laughs) yeah amen brother amen uh but people oftentimes forget that they're real life people too just like uh just like you and me they can just shoot it a little bit better a little bit better i hit three threes in a row in my driveway last night before this interview let's go i'm I'm off on three i'm done on three I can still shoot it a little bit. It's a good number to finish on. And that's where we'll finish on. Uh, Mike Gill, host of the Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN. Follow him at Mike Gill Show, uh, helping provide some insight for us here uh, leading up to game three and just how the rest of this series outlook is going to go. Mike, you're the man. I appreciate it. I've been called worse. (laughs) Yes, you have. All right. We'll talk soon, brother. Thank you. No problem. See you. All right, great stuff there from Mike Gill, uh, giving us some of his time jumping on with us here on the Philadelphia CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, helping us break down game three between the Sixers and Raptors and just breaking down uh, how the rest of this series could potentially play out. We gave you some of our best plays from the betting angle. Uh, Gill's best bets, just to recap, he liked the value on the Raptors' money line. Uh, he also liked the over for Joel Embiid points at 32 and a half. I'm rocking with Maxi again at 18 and a half points. That that's going to be my best bet for the player props. Uh, I, I expect Maxi to, you know, maybe not give us 38 in game three, but I think he's going to find a way to get to at least the 20 mark uh, or higher, 20 points or better for game three in a pivotal in a pivotal game three matchup. So uh, I'll play I'll play some others uh, on the player props. 
And you can follow me on Twitter at WiseRye, W-I-S-E-R-Y-E. That's where I'll post some other plays uh, that, that catch my eye between now and tip-off tonight at 8 p.m. on Wednesday. All right, thank you, as always, for everyone who's tuned in. Uh, make sure you're subscribed or following the, the Philadelphia CityCast, available on all of your podcast platforms. We have a busy week ahead. We have an episode coming your way now over the next three days, each and every day. So make sure you're following us. Plenty to dissect, preview, and recap between the 76ers and Raptors alone. We'll get to some Phillies talk. Uh, cover it all, as we always do. Uh, this episode was all 76ers, rightfully so. We'll talk more Phillies on the next episode since the Sixers will have an extra day off between games three and four. So uh, follow us, join us, have some fun, and go Sixers. I'll catch you on the next episode. Until then, peace.